If you have your Bibles, please go to the book of Hebrews, chapter number 11. The book of Hebrews, chapter number 11. We are in a series called Faith. This is our third week uh, in this series. And the first week, we uh, had a message entitled Faith Is. Last week, I very confidently told you that if you did not get to hear that message, to please go to our podcast and uh, you can listen to it. Psych! Um, it's not there. Okay, so uh, we had some problems technically, and they told me after the service, yeah, that servant's gone. So uh, it's just gone. So you just, just have to re-preach it. Get with somebody that was here, and if they took good notes, they probably can re-preach it better than I can, okay? Uh, last week, we uh, had a message entitled Faith to Leave, and I think that was a very prophetic message for this house. That one is on the podcast. I checked, and I listened to it, okay? So uh, this week... Uh, we're back in the book of Hebrews, and I'm only going to read the first verse. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm only going to read one verse in Hebrews chapter number 11, but we are going to go to Genesis chapter number 4, so you could put a little marker there because we're going to go there in a minute. We'll read uh, 12 verses from Genesis chapter number 4, uh, but uh, I'm reading uh, Hebrews chapter number 11, verse number 4. It says this, it was by faith that Abel brought a more acceptable offering to God than Cain did. Abel's offering gave evidence that he was a righteous man, and God showed his approval of his gifts. Although Abel is long dead, he still speaks to us by his example of faith. There's so much in this verse. Uh, so we, we're going to uh, 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 learn about Abel a little bit. So the title of the message is uh, Faith to be Able. Now, when I handed in my notes, I handed it with uh, the word Abel spelled A-B-E-L because I wanted to have a play on words and I think they thought I couldn't spell and changed it back to A-B-L-E, okay? Ah, yes, they got it right, okay. So it is faith to be able, okay? Faith to be able. And if you want to put a little dot, dot, dot after that, faith to be able, you can put faith to be able to give. Faith to be able to give. Now, uh, 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 just by me saying the word give, somebody flinched, okay? A couple people flinched, okay? And I'm, I'm going to make you take a deep breath in, let it out, okay? So, I, and I want, because I want to be clear, if you're going to flinch, I'm going to give you something to flinch about. I'm teaching about tithing, okay? Teaching about tithing in this message. Now, here's the thing that I'm excited about. This is the seventh month of this church. This is the first time as the senior pastor of this church that I've taught on giving at all, at all. It's the first time I've taught on tithing at all. So let me go on record as saying, uh, Embassy City Church, I believe that you are the greatest giving seven-month-old church that we have ever seen in church planting history. I got to just say that. We have some incredible givers at this church. So I'm not teaching this message because we need money, okay? If I were teaching this message because we needed money, that would be manipulation. Okay, I would never teach because we need anything. I have to teach what God tells me to teach. So even, even if there is a need, I can only preach what God tells me to preach. And so I'm, I'm not preaching this because we need money, because you guys are some great givers. Uh, I'm preaching this message because the Lord told me to, and I think it's going to be a blessing to you all, okay? Bow your heads. Let's pray over the word before we get started. God, please give us faith to be able to give. Amen. Uh, so... Uh, this particular uh, person in the Bible blows my mind. 
He blows my mind because we're reminded of him in the New Testament. The prolific writer of the book of Hebrews, as he starts to list all the people that did great things by faith, and if you read all of Hebrews chapter number 11, you, you read some incredible things that people did with their faith. Last week, we talked about uh, Abraham leaving a place that, where he was and going to a place that he knew nothing about just because God told him to do it by faith. We hear about David conquering giants by faith, Sarah having the ability to conceive a child in her, own age, her old age by faith. And I think what gets lost in the narrative is that uh, it takes faith to give. Now, I'm a giver. I love giving, and it was instilled into me at a very young age to be a giver. I remember uh, growing up, my mom, uh, she worked for the LAPD in downtown Los Angeles, and some uh, evenings, uh, she would just make my brother and I line up at the counter like an assembly line, and we would make triple-decker peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, uh, and my mom would stuff as many as she could into some brown paper bags. Because she uh, got off the bus uh, a few blocks from where she worked, what she would do is uh, all the homeless people that she would see sleeping on bus stops and on the streets and on the floor, she would just strategically and quietly place double-decker peanut butter and jelly sandwiches right next to their bodies. When they woke up, they also instilled to eat. That was instilled into me at a very young age. Tithing was also instilled into me at a very young age. It's a no-brainer for me to do it because I was exposed to it at a very young age. So if I had a dollar, I knew a dime belonged to the Lord. If I had $10, I knew a dollar belonged to the Lord. So it's not a foreign concept for me. But there are some people that when they hear the word tithe, they panic. There were some people probably when I said we're going to teach on tithing, started looking for the exit side just in case I need to slide out. Uh, because there has been some manipulation in the teaching on tithing. There's also been some abuse in the teaching on giving in general. So it causes people to be paralyzed and to freeze up. But the reason why I'm going to teach on tithing, because it's in the Bible, so I'm going to teach it. Okay? And so uh, there's something about Abel that's amazing. Abel is in the Bible for no other reason than he's a giver. By faith, Abel gave a more excellent offering or a more acceptable offering than his brother Cain did. That's why he's in the Bible, because he gave an offering. And it's not just an offering, it's the first tithe. So I want you to go to Genesis chapter number four. The book of Genesis chapter number four. If you cannot find Genesis, we will pray for you after the service. It's right after the table of contents. Okay? Genesis chapter number four. I'm going to read the first uh, 12 verses in your hearing, uh, and then I just want to uh, pick apart uh, what's going on here so you can have an understanding. Uh, now, Adam had sexual relations with his wife, Eve. Uh, King James says new Eve, but it's sexual relations. His wife, Eve, and she became pregnant. When she gave birth to Cain, she said, with the Lord's help, I have produced a man. And Cain's name literally means possession or to produce, okay? Later, she gave birth to his brother and named him Abel. Abel's name means vapor or breath. When they grew up, Abel became a shepherd while Cain cultivated the ground. When it was time for the harvest, Cain presented some of his crops as a gift to the Lord. Abel also brought a gift, the best of the firstborn lambs from his flock. The Lord accepted Abel and his gift, but he did not accept Cain and his gift. 
This made Cain very angry, and he looked dejected. Why are you so angry? The Lord asked Cain. Why do you look so dejected? You will be accepted if you do what is right. But if you refuse to do what is right, then watch out. Sin is crouching at the door, eager to control you, but you must subdue it and be its master. One day, Cain suggested to his brother, let's go out into the fields. And while they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother, Abel, and killed him. Afterward, the Lord asked Cain, where is your brother? Where is Abel? I don't know, Cain responded. Am I my brother's guardian? But the Lord said, what have you done? Listen, your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. Now you are cursed and banished from the ground, which, is, which has swallowed your brother's blood. No longer will the ground yield good crops for you, no matter how hard you work. From now on, you will be a homeless wanderer on the earth. There, there is some incredible blessing in this story, and there's some incredible tragedy in this story. I just want to pick it apart, then I want to give you three, parts, three points, and then we'll go home, okay? Uh, first, let me say that uh, Abel is the first tither in the Bible. We know this is more than an offering because it's the best and it's the firstborn. So we're not just talking about any gift to the Lord. We're talking about the tithe. It's the first thing that comes out that he gives to the Lord. And Abel gives this gift to the Lord and Cain gives this gift to the Lord. Abel is a shepherd and Cain is a person that harvests the crops. He's really a farmer. Now, a lot of people have tried to make a distinction between Abel being a shepherd and Cain being a farmer, but, but there's really no distinction to make there. They both have jobs, okay? So this is not about if you're the CEO of the, of the company or if you work at McDonald's. The job is a job. That's not the issue. But what, Cain ha what happens is uh, uh, Cain harvests his crops, and he brings some of it to the Lord, and he says, hey, uh, I want to give this to you as a gift. Now, I just want to go on record before we demonize Cain and say, at least the guy gave an offering. He gave something. It's not like he harvested all his stuff and didn't give anything. He actually gave a gift to the Lord. But then Abel also brought a gift to the Lord, and he gave it to him. Scripture says something incredibly interesting. It says, God accepted Abel and his gift but he did not accept Cain and his gift. Now that's a, a very clear distinction that you cannot miss. It doesn't say uh, God accepted Abel's gift, but he didn't accept Cain's gift. What it says, very, very clear, and I, I'm a wordsmith, so words mean a lot to me, is that God accepted Abel and his gift, but he did not accept Cain and his gift. Are you ready for it? You cannot separate the gift from the giver. I'm going to say that again. You cannot separate the gift from the giver. How many people like getting gifts for Christmas? <laughs> That's, I think some of y'all are scarred already. It's like, no, I don't want any. I hate gifts. Don't ever give me one ever again in my whole life, okay? Okay, how many like, people like getting gifts for Christmas, okay? So, so you get a gift for Christmas, and you, you, whatever the gift is, uh, you, you don't look at the gift and go, oh, gift, you really appreciate me. Gift, you really love me. Gift, you cherish me. Oh, gift, oh, new coffee pot. You're just so amazing. You love me, coffee pot. No, it's just the gift. What gives you the feeling of appreciation is the person who gave it. Now, how many people have gotten a bad Christmas gift? Everybody knows. Now all the hands went up. This is why my hand didn't go up the first time. 
Should ask that first in question, Pat. <laughs> ask that first in question. That, that first in question. Can't even talk. I'm so excited I'm tongue-tied. Ask that question first, okay? Got a bad gift before, okay? You get the bad gift. You don't look at the gift and say, gift, you're horrible. You hate me. You actually look at the person. You go, you're horrible. You must hate me. It's the gift. You can't separate the gift from the giver. So what it's saying in scripture here is that when, when Abel gave his gift, God accepted the gift because of the heart that gave it. With Cain's gift, he said, I can't accept your gifting because of the heart behind it. And here's why God accepts Abel's gift and he doesn't accept Cain's gift. Because it wasn't the first. Now, I want you to think about this. Abel is the first tither in the Bible. It predates Abraham and his tithe. It predates Jacob and his tithe. It predates what it says in Exodus chapter number 12 and 13 about tithing in the firstborn out of the matrix. King James says the matrix, the word matrix is in the Bible. The, uh, the word ma- the firstborn out of the matrix shall belong to me. It predates Exodus. It predates Leviticus. It predates Deuteronomy. It predates the book of Nehemiah talking about the tithe. It predates the whole Old Testament talking about the tithe. It predates the Gospels talking about the tithe. It predates the book of Acts talking about tithing and the rest of the New Testament. Abel stands as the first tither. Here's how I know it can't be a law because God is checking for hearts. There's a lot of people, don't talk to me about tithing. You're being legalistic. I don't tithe. I'm a New Testament covenant keeper, and so I'm a giver. Well, if you're a New Testament covenant keeper, then you're automatically a tither. Because tithes predates the law. So it can't be because it's written there. It has to be because it's found in your heart. I'm not going to go to the book of Malachi. I'm not going to any other scriptures to talk about tithing. If there were no other scriptures about tithing except Abel, it would be enough for me to do it. Abel stands as the first tither, and there's a comparative analysis here where Abel's gift is received, Cain's is not received, and Cain gets dejected. And as uh, John talked about in worship, God is not far off looking at a distance going, let me see what you're going to do with that. He moves close into us, close beside us, and says, how are you responding to this? And he sees that Cain is dejected because his offering has not been received. And just like a loving father, this becomes a teachable moment for Cain in real time and for all of us for all time where God comes alongside Cain and he goes, why, 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 why are you so dejected? King James says, why is your countenance fallen? He says, you will be accepted if you do what is right. Now, now this is a powerful statement. Not your gift will be accepted if you do what is right. You will be accepted if you do, so, if you do what is right. And, and here's what God is waiting for Cain to do right, to put God first. That's all the tithe is about, is putting God first. And there's so many people that get, get, get really tense when it comes to this, but all tithing is is an expression that lets us know that you have God first. The reason why I love pastoring this church is that in seven months, y'all have proven that you put God first. There's no way we could be in this building 
if it were not for committed tithers who put God first. We were in a high school and got the opportunity to come into a building in less than a year for a startup church? That's almost impossible. By most people's studies, God is doing something significant in this community of believers because their hearts are open and they have him in the number one spot. He says, listen, you, you'll be accepted. All you have to do is the right thing. I don't need you to become a, a shepherd like your brother. I just need you to put me in the proper order like your brother. Because right now, Cain, honestly, you don't have me first. And if you're not going to put me first with the things that you bring in as your income, you won't put me first anywhere else. Now, if you have a problem with that statement, I want you to write this down in your note and read it later. It's Matthew chapter number six, verse number 21. Matthew six, verse 21 says this, where a man's treasure is, and I love how it says it in, in, in the NLT, where a man's treasure is, that's there. It says there, and I wish it was in all caps. There, the desires of his heart will be also. If I really want to know what you love, all I have to do is look at your bank account. If I just get a last statement of your bank account, I'll know, oh my goodness, you love shoes. You just really love, you love a lot of shoes. Oh, you love movies. You went to go see Batman versus Superman five times. The movie was trash. I don't know why you went to go see it five times, but <laughs> for some reason you did. You just like movies a whole lot. One of the quickest ways you can tell what a person really loves and gravitates toward is by where their money goes. Because people will put their money where their desire is. The beautiful thing about tithing is that it shows us very clearly where your desires are. So God says, if you just do what your brother did and give it to me first, you'll be fine. Then he says something that really sobers me up. He says, but if you, if you don't do it, then watch out. Sin is crouching at the door, and it's ready to jump on you if this is something that you're not going to do. Because here's what God is saying. This is, oh, when he showed this to me, it almost blew my mind. He said, uh, if I'm not number one in your life and you demote me, you're going to replace me with something else. And whatever you replace me with, that's the sin. And it's waiting to take you out. Thank you. Holy Spirit, Satan is looking at your life and the order of it like the top 10 in the billboard chart. And he wants to know, I wonder what they're going to make the top song in their heart. I wonder what they're going to make the top thing as their list to do. And if it's not God, watch out because something's creeping. If it's not the Lord... It's going to be something else. It's not going to stay blank. It's going to be replaced with something. Cain hears this and you would think, you know what? My bad. I brought you a few of my grapes. I should have just brought you the whole cluster. You mean to tell me if I just do what Abel does, you'll be happy? Yeah. No, that's not what Cain does. Because once you realize why Cain didn't give, once you realize the response that, that Cain gave, to this whole scenario, then you realize what's really going on. It's a heart issue. Do you th really think God needs his grapes? And I'm just saying it's grapes. Please don't go out and start saying, Cain gave grapes to the Lord and he didn't like them. 
don't make this doctrine, okay? I'm just throwing out something. He brought in some produce. We can make it watermelons. We can make it mangoes if we wanted to. I'm just going with grapes, okay? So God didn't, God didn't want his grapes. He created the grapes. God didn't want Abel's sheep. He created the sheep. Here's all Abel was saying by giving the firstborn sheep back. Uh, we're the first children on earth, literally. <laughs> They're the first kids on earth, right? They grow up and he goes, hey, my mom has already told me how amazing it was in the garden. My dad's already told me how amazing it was to be in your presence 24-7. Uh, I didn't make any of, this, any of these sheep. And the fact that they reproduce and are bringing me more sheep for me to keep this up lets me know that you're blessing me. So the first one out, I'm giving it right back to you. The first one that comes out, I'm giving it right back to you. And that's all the tithe is. It's the first thing out. If you have a job and you get a paycheck, as soon as you get your paycheck, if you get $1,000, $100 is the first thing out to the Lord. Listen to me. It's not the third thing out. It's like the ninth thing out. It's not after you balance everything else and say, do you have something left? It's the first thing out. Why was Cain's offering not accepted? Because Cain was like, you know what? I need some of these grapes. I'm going to make me a tuna salad later, cut some grapes up, put it in there. Okay, I want some grape juice later. And so I'm going to do everything I need to do first. And if I have some grapes left, God, you'll get some. I mean, I'm going to church. And if I, when I rummage through my purse, okay, if I, if I see that I have some money, then, then, I, then I'll give you a few nickels, a couple of dimes. They look like they're doing okay. And here's what God says. Watch out. If you start doing this with your finances, you'll start doing it in other places as well. If you can find a loophole not to give me what is mine, you'll find a loophole not to give someone else what is theirs. Again, it's a, it's a posture of the heart. So uh, Cain gets really, really upset. And instead of learning from this teachable moment that he has with God the Father and just making a slight adjustment, he goes dark. I mean, we go from you didn't tie to the first murder. I just want you to see the jump. Like, it just, like, it, there was no, like, progression. He became angry. Joined the gang. Started fighting people, got sent home on detention from school, got in a couple of more fights, stabbed a guy, did about seven and a half months, got out on good behavior, and then like 11 years down the road, pow, pow, shot somebody. No! He didn't tithe. Then he killed somebody. That's the jump. Not like for you. Don't get scared, okay? But this is the jump he makes, and I'm going to tell you why he made this jump. Because when he didn't have a heart of a giver, it proved he had a heart of a taker. And he started by taking what was God's. He ended by taking what was Abel's. If you're not a giver, you're a taker. Well, you might say, well, I, I, I'm not, I mean, come on, that, that's a little bit, you're stretching it a little bit. I mean, I mean it's not that serious, but, but start thinking about the other areas of your life, that if you're not a giver, where you start taking. You might take some time, a little extra time, on your lunch break. 
You might start taking advantage of a situation when you know you have the upper hand. You might, it's tax season. You might start taking advantages of some things that don't even exist to get a better tax return. You're sitting across from somebody that's like, hey, man, you got any kids? No, I don't have any kids. You guys got some nieces and nephews. But they're kind of like your kids, right? <laughs> have you ever taken them out and fed them? Yeah. It's kind of like a dependent, isn't it? Weren't they dependent on you to feed them when they spent the night at your house? How many nieces and nephews do you have? Eleven. Woo! But you about to hit the jackpot this tax season. It's humorous, but it's serious. Whatever you start taking from the Lord, it guarantees you'll take it somewhere else. And he took Abel's life because he couldn't give his best. What I love about the writer of Hebrews is that he doesn't go into all the dark stuff. He just celebrates the life that this giver had. By faith, Abel gave a more acceptable offering to the Lord than Cain did. He brought his tithe to God. And even though he's dead, his gift still speaks. The first tithe is still speaking and preaching to all of us. And if we do the same thing, we can have the same kind of blessing that Abel did. So are you able to give? Do you have the faith? like Abel, to give. Three points I want you to write down. Here's the first one. Very simple. It takes faith to give. That's point number one. It takes faith to give. If you're in here and you're not a tither, uh, you're not a tither not because you're a bad person. You're a reasonable person. And here's what you've said to yourself. Okay, if I give 10%, I won't be able to I can't do the lights if I do the 10%. If I do 10%, I, I can't do, the, I can't do the, uh, the car. I can't do the gas if, if, if I give 10%. If I, if I give 10%, I uh, can't watch my movies on cable. If I give 10%, and, and so here's what I want you to know off the bat. It takes faith to give. It takes faith to be a giver. It takes faith to be a tither. You do it by faith. But, but when you move by faith, it means that you might have to move some other things by reason. God, I'm going to by faith start paying my tithes. So that means I'm going to reasonably have to stop cutting, start cutting something else in order for me to give by faith. See, there's a spiritual component to this and there's a practical side. Why does it take faith to give? Because this is not a give and get doctrine. If you sow your seed into good ground, you're about to receive a blessing from the Lord. Not with the tithe. Maybe with an offering. Not with the tithe. The tithe is non-negotiable. You're not giving God the tithe. You're giving him back what already belongs to him. It's his to begin with. So, so you can't give it to him. All you can do is return it to him. That's what the first means. You know what? First of all, let me just tell you, I need to give this back because you're awesome. Thanks for giving it to me in the first place. I wouldn't have had it if it wasn't for you. So it takes faith to give. Would you say that with me? It takes faith to give. One more time. It takes faith to give. 
And so you, have, you might have to spiritually believe God, you know what, I can start tithing, I'm going to do this. But you might have to naturally start realigning the budget to make sure he's first. Hear me. If you can't tithe, all it lets me know is that something else is in God's spot. <laughs> so all it means, something else is in God's spot. And it could be Verizon. It could be T-Mobile. It could be Main Event. <laughs> it could be Bass Pro Shops. If you like fishing. Could be the gun range. It could be the golf course. <laughs> could be the plane trips. But there's something there in that number one spot. And here's all the Lord is saying. If you, if you want to be accepted... All you have to do is the right thing, and the right thing is just acknowledge me in your heart, and I'll give it back to you. So point number one, it takes faith to give. Point number two, write this down. It takes faith to give the first. <laughs> point number one, it takes faith to give. Point number two, it takes faith to give the first. Now, now, I told you I'm a giver, and I am a giver. I love giving. I don't walk around with cash at all anymore because I'll just give it away. I don't even know what to do with it. I look at cash, and I'm like, you know what, here. You want this? I just... I, I love to give to people, I, and it's part, of, it's part of a ministry God gave me. I think I have the, 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 the gift of giving. I think it's beyond just giving. I have the gift of giving. I love to give to people. But if I'm being honest, I'm going to, you know, I'm transparent. I try to be transparent and vulnerable with you all. Uh, there's a, there is an area of my life that's not quite as redeemed in the area of giving yet. Pray for me still. And it's food. I'm just making that confession. I'm just giving it to you right now. I have a hard time sharing and giving my food. I'll be married to Juliet uh, 17 years come May 1st. And uh, when I got married to her, we used to go out to eat and we would go out with the rest of the family. As soon as the family would sit down, uh, they, they would take, you, you know, the, the ends of their fingers with their plate and like lean it towards you and go, does, any, does anybody, want, anybody want some? Anybody want to try my... Anybody want to, nobody, anybody want to have this? And then I'd be like, no, I, I don't want that, because if I wanted that, I would have ordered that. <laughs> so clearly, no, I got my food. So I started eating my food. Oh my God, this is great. This is amazing, I love it. And they were like, hey, can I have a bite? And I'm like, what, no. Why would I ever give you a bite of my food? Well, I just wanted to try it. Well, you should have just ordered it. Because if you ordered it, you could try it, and you would find out it's as good as I'm raving about right now. As a matter of fact, you can get this to go for you if you want to. Warm it up later and have it tomorrow. I just didn't have it, or, or I would say something like this. Uh, listen, let me go ahead and eat. And if I have a little left over, okay, I will slide it to the edge of the plate, and I will save you some. That's what happens to people that don't tithe. That's their attitude. I need to eat up all, all of this, Lord. And if I got some left over, I'll give it to you. This has happened with every person in America when it comes to McDonald's fries. What do they say? I'll just take the, the fries at the bottom of the bag that you have left over. If you have any fries left at the bottom, I'll take them. And God can't accept what's at the bottom because he's at the top. It takes faith to give the first. 
When you get the first, here's what you're saying. I'm going to be okay with the second. Tithing is 10%. All, and tithing is not a deep word. Tithe just means tenth. Here's what you're saying to God when you give him the 10. I believe that you can sustain me off the 90. I'm grateful you didn't invert it and tell me to give you 90. I'm thankful. I'm real thankful. I mean, that's the best deal going. That's better than some taxes in America. Okay? Doesn't matter who you are. If you work at McDonald's and you got $90, you just give them nine. If you made $900,000, you give them $90,000. Now, here's the thing. If you can't give them 90, if you can't give them $90, you won't give them $90,000. No, nobody starts out as a giver and goes, well, now that I've passed a certain threshold, I'm going to have to reserve some of this because my church can't handle my full tithe. then you're not at the right church. I, I want to go on record. If you don't feel like this church can steward your finances, then you should not give to this church. But if you don't give to this church, you probably shouldn't be at this church. You should be in the church that you trust with your finances to do what they say they're going to do. To be a blessing to people, to feed the, the, the poor, to empower people, to equip them, and, and especially for us, to send people out to be ambassadors of the kingdom of heaven. So point number one, it takes faith to give. Point number two, it takes faith to give the first. Point number three, write this down, it takes faith to give the best. It takes faith to give the best. Not only was it the first, it was the best of the first. <laughs> Abel is sitting there as one of the sheep is about to give birth. And the sheep gives birth to this first sheep that comes out. He inspects it, looks at it, puts it to the side. Sheep gives birth again, inspects it, looks at it, puts it to the side. Sheep gives birth again, inspects it, looks at it, puts it to the side, and says, uh, I, I have three sheep. God gave me three sheep. God, thank you for two of these. I can use these to do some things with, and, and I'll have some wool in the wintertime because of this, and we might have some lamb chops as well because of this, uh, but this first sheep is actually the best of all three of the sheep, but I'm giving it to you first, and I'm giving you the best that I have. Here's what the tithe is all about, giving God the best that you have, and here's what I love about the tithe, as I said before. It's not about the monetary unit. God's not going, oh, you gave $2,000. If that's not your tithe, then don't give $2,000. The tithe is just a tenth. Anything you give above your tithe is an offering to the Lord. And that needs to come from your heart without any manipulation or any feeling that you are obligated to do it. An offering is whatever you want to give to the Lord. If you give your tithe and you say, I want to give 50 cents to the Lord after my offer, I mean, after my tithe, okay. The Lord's not going to be up there going, oh, my goodness, 50 cents? 
There's been some people that, that have uh, uh, really messed up a scripture in saying that, and they try to scare people into doing it, uh, tithing by saying, if you don't tithe, you're going to be cursed. Like God is like looking for you to get your paycheck. What you going to do? What you going to do? Yeah, 100 bucks. Mm, let, me see if, let me see where that first $10 is going. Ooh, pay the bill with it. Cursed. <laughs> what? He would never do that to you. Here's the scarier reality. That, that, that's manipulation. It doesn't work. Whatever you try to get people to do out of fear, fear is going to wear off because God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. So fear is never going to work to try to get people to come into the kingdom, give money, anything like that. It's never going to work. Here's the more sobering reality. If you don't tithe, you're already cursed. Tithing removes a curse. He doesn't strike you with one. If, if, the, if the money's not going to him, if the first is not going to him, you're already under a curse. That's more sobering than you will be. Well, some people might say, oh, no, he's a good, good father. That's who he is. That's who he is. That's who he is, and he would never do that. No, he wouldn't. No, he wouldn't. No, he wouldn't. Didn't. Okay. Because he is perfect in all of... Okay. Started having too much fun with that. Well, let me put it to you this way. When you were born, were you born in sin? So, so, so you weren't born and he made you a sinner. You were already under the bondage of sin. And when you came into a relationship with him, you were now redeemed, sanctified, under... You were now up from under the curse of the law, okay? In the same way with our finances, it's already been, it's already under a curse if it's not in the number one spot. As soon as you put it in the number one spot, it gets blessed and the curse is removed. And again, that happens with a McDonald's salary and it happens with the salary of a CEO. He gave his best. I said that Abel was the, is the first tither uh, in the Bible and Humanly speaking, that's the truth. Abel is the first tither in the Bible, but he's actually not the first tither in the Bible because God is. God is the first tither in the Bible. If you want to know the first place that I find him tithing, it may not be where you think. The first place I see God tithing is in Genesis chapter number three, verse number 21. After Adam and Eve have fallen, they sew some fig leaves together and they say, listen, I, we're naked and ashamed and, and uh, we've done some bad things. God says, you know what, you're not gonna be able to stay here and that's for your own good. So I'm gonna have to make you leave, but you, you shouldn't leave like this, that, that, that's, those fig leaves won't get you far. So scripture says in Genesis 3 and 21 that God took the skins from some animals, covered up Adam and Eve with those skins before they left the garden. And let me ask you a question. These were the first animals he created. All of Jewish tradition says that these were sheep. 
Most every Jewish tradition, tradition says that the skins of the animals that he got were the skins of sheep. These were the first animals that he had created. And he took the first of those animals and he gave them from the first. And of course, it's God, so he doesn't do anything less than his best. And he put the first tithe over the bodies of Adam and Eve so that they would be covered when they left the Garden of Eden. That's the first place I see it. The second place I see it, John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave, point number one, his only begotten, that's point number two, son, that's point number three. He gave, takes faith to give, takes faith to give to a humanity who might not want to receive you. His only begotten, it takes, it takes faith to give the first. Son, takes first, it takes faith to give the best. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever should believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. I'll give you one more, and then I'll promise I'll stop. Here's how I know it wasn't a law. Here's how I know he did it generously from his heart. Because it says it in Revelations chapter number 13, verse number 8. The last sentence says, the lamb that was slain before the foundations of the world. The newer translations say, the lamb that was slaughtered before the world began. Here's how I know this wasn't a reaction to what we were doing. Because he did it before he even said, let there be light. God has a heart of a giver. How can we have anything less? It takes faith to give. So are you able? Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? What is the Holy Spirit saying to you through this message? If you felt a little bit uncomfortable during the message, I completely understand. But sometimes there's a word that comes to challenge us because God wants to have a deeper level of intimacy in relationship with us. And so if there's any discomfort that you felt in the message, I want you to just ask the Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? Before I get defensive, before I start going, wait a minute, I don't like this at all. I, I, just want you to, I just want you to ask the Lord, what are you saying to me through this message? Whatever he's saying to you, I just ask you to respond to that. If you're already a tither, then this is just confirmation. Thank you, Lord. I'm already doing this. This, is just, this just gets me excited to continue to do it. But if you haven't been a tither up until this point, then allow the Holy Spirit to challenge you. What are you really holding on to? What's the issue behind the issue that you think is the issue? In a moment, we're going to pray. During that time, we sing one last song. We'll ask everyone to stand up. 
And if you need prayer for any reason, it doesn't have to be according to this message, okay? So if you've been carrying a burden all week, if you're, if you're sick and you need to pray for healing, if you've been uh, uh, going through an issue and you just want to share it with somebody and just kind of leave a little bit lighter than when you came, that's what we're here to do. At Embassy City Church, we're here to pray for people. We love praying for people. And we have people at the altar here that would be, that they just love to pray with you before we leave. So if you need prayer for any reason at all, and you do not have to be a resident of Embassy City Church to come for prayer. So if you're visiting, if you just stopped by, if maybe a friend brought you, but you feel like, you know what, it would be good for me to get some prayer before I leave, I encourage you, come up, get the prayer that you need, and go home a little bit lighter than what you came. So Holy Spirit, I thank you that you are going to draw every person that needs prayer. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Would you stand to your feet?